This week on Talk CDL, Murder on the Dock, the Thomas Hartman story. An over-the-road truck driver is pretty much going to spend the rest of his life in prison. Could not control his temper at a receiver's. He went into his truck, pulled out a gun, and murdered a dock worker in front of the entire warehouse. Tune in and hear all the details as we interview the victim's mother. Enjoy the show. You know what sucks? Shopping for truckers insurance. You know what sucks more? Not having it. You want to know how to fix that? Call 800-347-5373 and let the trucking insurance experts at Rev help you get the coverage you need without breaking the bank. Rev specializes in providing insurance of all types to small fleet owners and independent owner-operators. Whether local, short-haul, or long-haul, Rev Insurance can get you covered at a price that fits your budget. From liability damages and cargo to workers' compensation and surety bonds, Rev has your back while you're out there on the road. Call 800-347-5373 or visit www.revinsurance.com. That's R-E-V. I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E dot com. That's 800-347-5373. Rev Insurance knows truckers because they only work with truckers. Hello, drivers. Troy here with Talk CDL. If you are looking for a new trucking job, try NCI at 844-311-7076. Mid-sized carrier taking on solo and team company drivers. Fully loaded with benefits. Fully loaded T680 Kenworths. Fridge, freezer, APUs. So much to name. They'll also take on a few lease operators, and they'll also take on a few student drivers if you've graduated from a trucking school. Call NCI today at 844-311-7076. That's 844-311-7076. Tell them Talk CDL sent you. Thank you. So, interesting story coming out of, I believe, Tennessee. You have yes. the article also? Memphis. Um, a, uh, just to kind of set it up, we're going to have a, a guest on actually a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But apparently a truck driver goes into a warehouse uh, to be loaded or unloaded. I'm not even clear on that for sure. I believe it was unloaded. Okay, unloaded. What Was it Memphis? Memphis. Memphis. Okay. And I guess they got into a little argument. Well, the the truck driver showed up early. Right. So, but we don't know the exact details. And this is the person we're going to be talking to about this. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so uh, altercation happens. Truck driver goes back out, comes back in. Next thing you know, there's a gun involved and the warehouse guy is uh, shot. Correct. And uh, killed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to have the actual warehouse manager's mother correct she's going to be coming on the show and she wants to tell her story of what happened with this incident in tennessee and i believe that the trucker is like an ex-cop yes so but you know it and i'm really interested to hear this uh what happened what transpired 
uh, I believe uh, it happened in 2019, and I believe he was already sentenced or something, and, and we'll get into that also. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to mention is this. This is such an ongoing thing with people working together in the industry. You know, we do trucking. So, you know, in my trucking days, I couldn't tell you how many, and Ruth, and you know the stories I've told you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times I got into it with somebody in a warehouse. For example, you go in, you have an eight o'clock appointment, and then, and you already know you need to, you, you know, with, with the ELDs nowadays, you're on duty, you're at that warehouse, you're trying to get unloaded. It went from being rushing to super rush because before when you when when you drove before the ELDs, you would still be in a hurry when you would go to your to your you know, when you were trying to get into the dock because you were trying to get either unloaded or loaded so that you can get to your next destination, especially if the time of day was getting close to traffic. So you were still in a rush or in a hurry. Yeah. It, it's, but now it's worse because of the ELDs. Well, and let's be honest, it's a lot of pressure on a trucker. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sticking up for nobody. Listen, I don't care what altercation you get into. The end result should not be somebody pulling out a gun. No. I'm going to settle it my way. I can't take this argument anymore. Boom. Again, we'll get into that here with her. And, you know, I want to want to hear her story. But the pressure is on when you're a trucker to get in, get out, and get to get down the road. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a, if you're a local driver, you, you want to get home in time. If you're an over-the-road driver, it's important to get unloaded so you can get reloaded mm-hmm. so you can get down the road. Because ultimately, being held up, especially, I'm going to tell you something, truck drivers will tell you, 95% of them have told me, yeah, what the hell is detention time? You know, it would be nice if trucking companies were actually paying the detention time when these guys actually get held up. But 90, 95% of them, it's a ploy to get drivers to come to work for them, and they never pay out. Right. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. There's some that are good that are paying out. No, there's a loophole always. But, but I'm telling you that with the, the amount of truck drivers I talk to, they'll tell you right up. That's BS. You never get your detention time. And, you know, to be honest with you, if a truck driver knew he was on the clock, he probably would feel maybe less pressured to, to get into it. And I'm telling you, you remember Bevico? Mm-hmm. I, I used to be an LTL carrier. You know, when I was leased on to that big reefer company with FFE and we would we would go from Chicago to the East Coast and we'd have five or ten stops for the day well we, what what sucked was there was always one or two of these places I don't care who they were Kraft was one of them okay in Allentown Bevico in Pittston Pennsylvania I'll call you guys out in five seconds because I know you guys were the ones that helped me up for like one pallet I'd, I'd go in with a return a freaking thing of Purina dog food or some crap going into Kraft or not Kraft but um Nestle's. I apologize. Kraft actually didn't did not hold me up. Kraft was down off of 100. Mm-hmm. Nestle's was right off of 78. There, I'd go in there with one skid of like a return, a dog food or something going in there, and they would literally. I would be there for two three hours just trying to get somebody to come down and sign my bill. To take one skid, I'm already, and then they would, you'd have to sit in their parking lot, and then they'd call you, then you'd back in, right, and you had an appointment two hours ago, and so now there you are waiting, and and you start to get really antsy, mm-hmm. okay, and again, I'm not, believe me, I, I am not an advocate or saying anything right or wrong towards this story we're about to, to go over. No, because there's always two sides. Right, but I am saying, though, on behalf of the truckers' sides... You would go into these warehouses and those and the warehouse people, the lady behind the window. I've had the, the windows slammed 5,000 times. Now, I will tell you, okay, 
It was very frustrating. I've gotten into altercations, screaming matches over one skid. It's your own product. Can't you take it? Can you not just sign that I brought it so I can leave? It took, it literally, when the guy would come down, he literally would in one minute. And I understand, I'm going to tell you, I understand the warehouse people. They're under pressure too Mm -hmm. to get trucks unloaded Mm -hmm. and reloaded. Mm -hmm. They have just as much pressure as the trucker. So now can you imagine being the warehouse guy and you got a bunch of us, you know, uh, impatient truckers coming in and now you got 20, 30 of us an hour coming in there going, I need to get it going. I need to get going. I need to get going. Especially here's the thing. And this is, you know, I I, I meant to cut you off so that we can get off the rampage here because, you know, but here's the thing. We have... When you deal with, with the warehouse people, they might be understaffed. Absolutely. So they're whole, you know, there might be only, say, three kids right. that are licensed to run the, mm-hmm. the Forklift. forklifts. Right. So while they're trying to get your truck unloaded, because you might be a company that there's no touch. So they're doing all the work for you. Absolutely. So there might be only three of them there. Then, say... Two drivers showed up late because of accidents. Right. Well, now they've got all these trucks in this in these docks that only so many people can handle. And you got your boss on your exactly. ass saying, "Get so them trucks unloaded." It's it's, yeah. it's it's both it's both driver and dock. Well, that's why warehouse that that it's 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 a fight with each other, but they don't understand. Everybody understands the same exact problem that you're having. Right. So I don't want you to think that I started off defending the truckers. No, I didn't. Think I started off saying it's an ongoing situation. Exactly. It's It's been like that for years. I mean, I've been in altercations, arguments, and, you know, who's right and who's wrong? We're, we're all men and women working together in the trucking industry. Warehouse people, too, they're included in the trucking industry. Right. And then... You've got, like I said, you've got dispatch. And, you know, ultimately, the truck driver is driven by his paycheck. Mm-hmm. So he's he's trying to get in, get out. Right. Then the warehouse guy, he's got everybody up his gazoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, that pressure's got to suck. So it's a never-ending struggle mm-hmm. of trying to be on time. And you know what? Ultimately, it really boils over. And every now and then, this situation we're about to talk about happens. And I got to tell you, it's really... This is a very sad story, and I, I, I feel bad for this lady. She, you know, you lose your son to an altercation. It's just, uh, you know, to, to, she's got to be thinking, you know, you know, over an argument. Mm-hmm. You know, now she doesn't have her son in her life. I, I believe the man has a couple children. Two, two children. Yeah, so. But anyways, did you have anything else before we want to bring her on? What's her name? Joanne? Joanne. And and. We'll go ahead and just let her tell us the story of what happened, and and uh, we'll just take it from there. All right. You want you want? Oh, you know what? I need to dial her number. You need to dial her number. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. So let's go ahead and call Joanne, and uh, bring her on. Hey, Joanne. This is Troy with Talk CDL. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, we're doing all right. And you are in Memphis, Tennessee? No, I am in Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> my my son worked in Memphis. I live in North Mississippi. Okay. Um, and a lot of people here, you know, it's basically by State Line Road. Um, well, you're truck drivers. I'm sure you're familiar with the area. Uh, we live in Olive Branch. Sure, I know where all the branches. Yeah, so it's like two miles from the Memphis line, you know, and a lot of people that um, live in this area work in Memphis. 
I didn't realize that it was so close when you think about it sometimes going over the state lines, you know, you're so used to being right there, you know, as like, but with being, he worked in Memphis, you live in Mississippi. That's right. And, um, and you're a truck driver also. Yes, ma'am. I worked for Cummins, um, for 17 years in HR and legal. Um, my husband got his CDL back in 1994 and, um, you know, we, um, he, he had a few trucks, but after I left Cummins and then I decided I would get my CDL and start driving with him. And, um, it was great. It, it really was. Well, that's good. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to spend that time together when you're in the truck, but we were, we, before we got you on the phone, we basically did a small conversation about the industry and, um, a brief explanation on something that had happened that involved your family, but I didn't want to go and explain everything. I wanted it right from you on some of the circumstances that have happened to you. Can you go ahead and fill everybody in and tell them what happened? Um, well, you mean, do you want me to start? Like, where do you want me to start? Uh, well, um, your son, your son worked at a dock. He worked at a, at a furniture company, correct? Correct. He worked at American Freight. Um, it's actually a store. Um, they sell, you know, furniture. Um, um, the, the, the same people that owns the company he worked for uh, also owns Harbor Freight. I'm sure y'all have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they own several um, stores. It just so happened that my son was um, a manager on the store, and this particular um, off um, truck driver showed up um, at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, actually, shortly before. Um, he wasn't scheduled until 4. So he showed up three, four hours early. I'm sorry. So he showed up a few hours early trying to get the freight off early. Like some of us truck drivers will try to show up and see if they'll take it off early. That's what he was doing. Correct. Okay. But instead of going in and asking, he just backed into the dock doors. Um, The warehouse workers explained to him, you know, because my son being the manager was in the front he was not in the back in the warehouse. He was actually in a meeting. Um, and it's my understanding, and because this didn't go to trial, you also have to understand that I've been kept in the dark about a lot of the things. Um, and he, he was in the meeting, um, the guy pulled up to the dock. Um, he went inside. Um, the warehouse workers had three other trucks that were coming in um, prior um, that were scheduled. And they explained to him, looking at his invoice number and stuff, that he was way too early and... You know, they didn't want to go in detention with the other driver, so he would have to move his truck 
and they would try to get him in, you know, um, but he didn't like that answer. And basically, he re he refused to move his truck. So he was arguing with the guy in charge of the warehouse um, department, you know, um, and then um, after arguing with them for a while, he left and went outside. They thought he was going to move his truck, but he didn't. Um, he waited and he came back in and he started arguing with the workers again. And then he asked for the manager. So they told him, you know, well, our manager's in a meeting right now. Well, he just got more uh, aggressive toward them. And so they came and got my son and was like, look, he's not going to give up. So my son said, okay, don't worry, I'll take care of it. That's what I'm here for. He went out. Uh, he explained to him the same thing the workers already had. And then he told him, you know, you've got to move your truck. And the driver told him, um, no, I'm not moving my truck. Um, this truck is not moving until y'all get my stuff off. And um, he, but, you know, he was using bad vocabulary. Right. And um, my son, you know, he... He um, he didn't like violence. He he didn't even own a gun, and he thought arguing was kind of you know stupid because then people get to yelling back and forth, and nobody's listening to really what the other person's saying. Mm -hmm. And so he told him. He said, "Yes, you got to move your truck." And then the guy like pointed his finger at him. I'm sorry. Do you mind if I use the guy's name? By all means, go right ahead. Okay, his name is Timothy Saunders. He pointed his finger at my son and started shaking it, you know, kind of like right up in his face. And so my son just looked at his shoulders and he said, no, I'm not going to argue with you. This is what needs to be done. And he said, and my son turned around and walked off. Well, they said, and, and it's on camera. I have not got to see the videos. I can only go by what one of the witnesses that was right there told me and the police. Um, I only got to talk to the detectives for a few minutes outside the courthouse, but they did give me a little information. Uh, he started pacing the floors. They said he paced them for like, a minute and a half, um, he went outside, he came back in about four minutes later, he asked for my son again, my son come back out there, and he proceeded to yell at my son, which at that point, my son just turned around and walked away, he said, you know, he went back out front, and he told the receptionist, this guy's going to be a big problem. You know, we may even have to call the police on him. I can see that now. And um, then they said that he yelled a couple of vulgarities um, at the other warehouse employees. And he said, 
we'll see about this. I'll show y'all. And he brought back out to his truck. Now, you know, we have to remember that he's walking the whole length of a warehouse and then going out and walking the whole length of his truck and trailer. Mm-hmm. And he came back in. They said this time it was only about two minutes afterwards. And But he had a jacket on, which in May, you know, why, why do you have a jacket on in May? Your phone's cutting but, out, hon. But he had put this leather, um, black leather jacket on. He came in, and this time he omitted the, where, the warehouse guys, and he walked straight in through the doors that go to the front, and he told them, um, I, I need to see that manager. And the receptionist said, I'm sorry, he's in a meeting. And he said, well, I suggest he come and talk to me. He walked back out toward the warehouse. Um, he started talking to the warehouse employees and, you know, lifting his hands up and stuff, saying, I'm fixing to show y'all what time it is. Nobody tells me what time it is. Nobody tells me what to do with my truck. My son, seeing what was going on in the cameras, he went back outside the warehouse. Um, knowing my son and the way he was, he wanted to intervene. He, he didn't want there to end up being a fight between one of the warehouse workers and Timothy Saunders. So he went back out there, and when he went back out there, Timothy Saunders said to him, Tell me one more time, I have to move my truck. And my son said, we really need for you to move your truck. At this point, they were standing face to face. He reached in his back. He pulled out his old police revolver. He lifted it up and shot my son right between the eyes. I'm so sorry, Joanne. Um, my son did die instantly. Um you know, the the news, um, they like to focus. I was not home. My son got murdered at about 12.22 in the afternoon. Um, I was very disappointed in the way that everything was handled. Um, I was on the road, um, and but it was after 7 before I found out. And it was simply because I was driving, and a lot of times I don't, unless somebody calls me, hangs up, and then calls me right back, I don't answer the phone. Um, Me and my husband both have excellent driving records, not a mark on them. Um, And that's because we focus on the road when we're driving. But everybody that knows me, knows, you know, if it's an emergency or if it's real important, just hang up, call me right back, and then I'll know I need to answer. And uh, so I was getting calls, but they were from his friends calling to see how I was doing and giving me condolences, and all of this was just going to my voicemail, you know. Um but they they cut it out on TV. And I'm just saying this because I think that when it was a truck driver 
that committed the murder. It was very, very important. You know, they were cutting in on the news. They stopped him before he got on the freeway. They had to surround him. And he was fixing to get on the freeway because right after he shot my son, he went and got in his truck, pulled up, shut his truck doors, and then left the scene. Mm. Um, he was going to get on the freeway when the police surrounded him. Um, and uh, so luckily he didn't get on the freeway. You know, I, I, I worry what would have happened if he would have got on the freeway yeah. in that truck trying to outrun the police. You know, how much worse could things have been Excellent. for yeah. other innocent people out there? Yeah. So, Joanne, you, you're, you're obviously a grieving mother, but you're also a truck driver. And, and are for, let me ask you, if you don't mind, are you... Are you an over-the-road truck driver, or are you a local truck driver? What we were um, dedicated over the road. Okay. Um, well, I mean, at this time we were driving from Olive Branch to Houston, Houston to Peachtree City, Atlanta, right. back to Olive Branch. So, and so Ruth Ann and I, before we had called you, we were actually discussing that there is an ongoing issue in the trucking industry between truck driver and warehouse worker. I mean, and some, some warehouses are notorious, have notorious reputations for holding truckers up. Some truck drivers have notorious reputations for being rammy. And it's, it's like this pressure as, as a truck driver, you know, the pressures of trying to get in and get out, but also Ruth Ann and I were talking about, we understand there's also a great pressure from warehouse people to get trucks unloaded. So it's like this big boiling pot that comes together sometimes. And you know what made sense was when you said they had three people already scheduled for that time. My gosh, if they would have taken him, then they would have had to pay detention time to other trucking companies. So it all makes sense. And uh, gosh, it's just such a tragic ending to an on. Like I said, it's an ongoing problem with truck drivers trying to get in and out. As trucker, you know, our time is our money in miles. And when we get held up, you get anxiety. And next thing you know, you know, I've been in arguments and fights, but it's never gone. You know, nobody should ever pull out a gun. And it almost sounds like in the end, Joanne, it if he kept going out and coming back in, kept going out and coming back in, it was like he was pumping himself up to do that. It sounds like he was really planning it and then maybe talking himself out of it. But then in the end, he was like, like you said, I'll show you. He was he was going to do that. Ruthann, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he was pacing. He was he was he was battling himself right now. And at that point, he was battling his mind. And he's an ex and he was a was he a chief of police or was he just a regular cop? No, he was he was just an officer, but he was a retired um, twenty eight year cop, and I believe, and also in Tennessee, um, he was from uh, Clarksville. Um, and you know, once again, I I think, like I said, it was all over the news when it was a truck driver. You know, this truck driver shot the store manager. He killed him over an argument and unloading. And then after they found out, oh, my God, he's actually a retired Tennessee policeman. Mm -hmm. Is that when the special treatment started? That's when it, they made, they had one news story about it. And then it like disappeared. You know what I mean? It's like now it's not a truck driver. Um, 
And, and a lot of times, I think that is some of the problem. You know, I, I think um, it's not, how do I want to put this? I think too many times they try, the news media, try to put emphasis on how bad truck drivers can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. I never wanted to think that. But then once this happened to me, I kind of seen the reality, you know, for a day and a half, it was all about this truck driver that killed the manager. And once they realized, oh, this is a retired cop, it's like, okay, he was a retired cop and a truck driver. Now let's move on. Yep. It sounds like a narrative. They were, they, they, as soon as they seen he was law enforcement, they, they, uh, buried the story because I hadn't heard about it until I heard about it through the grapevine. I never, I've never seen that out past, you're probably your local news, but I've never seen that on any of the big trucking sites, nor we never got the scoop either. So. Right. Right. And you know, you're right. The, the truck we've had to set and we're on our operator. So believe you me, when that truck is not rolling, we're not making money. Right. You know, um, and a lot of times owner operators like us, you know, at least if you're working for a company, um, and you have to sit at the dots for three, four five hours, um, there's a cutoff time to where you start getting detention pay. Yes. Um, with owner operators, a lot of times that's not the case. You know, we get paid what we get paid. It's like, okay. You do this, this is how much, this is your line haul, this is your fuel surcharge, that's it, you know. Um, but I I would never think, and, and I don't know if it's because we are the exception to the rule. I don't know what it is, but I would never, nor would my husband, which, by the way, is a big guy, um, we, I would never think of even approaching any warehouse worker or manager um, in a bad tone. Um, and I guess maybe that's because I've always believed you can catch more bees with honey. Um, and if somebody else is actually the one in control, why would you want to make them angry? You know? I agree. Um, I'm, I'm more like you. But, I'm not, I'm not an aggressor like that either. Right. Right. And you know, it, it's, it's just so hard to fathom that a truck driver could even get angry enough to strike someone, much less pull a gun on them and shoot them just because they show up early and that dock is needed for something else. Well, it happens, um, unfortunately. When exactly, what, what, what time of year did this happen to your son? May the 9th. May? Of, okay. of 2019, right? Yes, sir. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes. Now, here's um, here's what I wanted to ask you, Joanne. I just want to go to this part right here for a second. He's already he's already been sentenced, correct? There, he's Did he not plead to a charge? And I, I, I know I read it. I'm not sure like how much time he got, but was it, it was not a lot. Am I correct or not? They gave him a plea deal. They gave him 
25 years um, to be served at 100%. Now, I will tell you, I questioned. I questioned them from the beginning uh, because Tennessee actually does still have death penalty. Um, so I wanted to know why he wasn't facing the death penalty because they had said um, he was facing life in prison. Well, like I said, I studied law. and I know where all this is going, you know. So I instantly said, why, why is he not looking at the death penalty? Well, because he wasn't arrested for capital murder. He was just arrested for first-degree murder. I said yes, and that's because he wasn't charged with fleeing the scene. He should have also been charged with felony fleeing. And they said, well, we're not in charge of that. All we can do is prosecute by what he was arrested on. Um, he was um, looking at 25 years to life on the first-degree murder. They told me twice that his defense was probably going to turn was probably going to ask for a plea and that I, I had to remember that I could have a statement but ultimately it was them that got to make the decision has to rather to take the plea agreement or not. And finally, that day did come, and they said that um, he had, his defense attorney had turned in a plea, and they were looking over it, but they thought it was a really good plea. And then I get the, oh, and by the way, I have a letter for the family. I'm going to make copies Um but he wrote an apology letter and a letter of remorse. Um, I'm sorry, I don't accept that. You don't come in, you didn't just come into my house and knock the lamp off my table and broke it. You you brutally murdered my, my son. You know, a single father of two children, which now at 60 years old, we're raising, you know? And... Um, you know, so yeah, that's that's a big setback, you know, and it's the fact that now his children, a little girl seven and a little boy ten, they, their dad is going to miss so much, you know, and they're going to miss their dad so much. But anyway, he did get to take the plea bargain. Uh, he got he pled guilty to second degree murder. Um, Twenty five years served at one hundred percent. Which, in order to make that sound better, uh, was, well, at his age 54, that's probably going to be a life sentence because only 1%. Um, but once again, they let him plead guilty to second-degree murder. Um, I studied law. I know how things happen, you know. And just because they're telling me today well, he has to serve 25 years at 100% uh, doesn't mean that the law can't change tomorrow. 
and a lot of things be overturned because instead of pleading guilty to first-degree murder, which I question that, why isn't he pleading guilty to first-degree murder and still just getting the 25 years? Yeah, it's kind of what's really weird is they didn't try and do any type of premeditated because he went in and out so much between his truck and the dock. And, you know, the pacing that he was doing, that to me would more look like a premeditated. Exactly, because he's thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I kept emphasizing, remember, we have to think about how long the warehouse is. From the front of the store, he had to walk all the way through the warehouse and then go and walk the length of his trailer and his truck. He had plenty of time to think about this. Right. And it sounded like you said he actually went out, was it upwards of three times and came back, maybe four? Uh, he, he came in once, was arguing with the warehouse workers left. That's one. Come back in, argued with the warehouse workers again. That's when he asked for my son, asked for the manager. That's two. Yeah. Then he argued with my son, went back outside, walked, you know, to his truck or wherever he went. Um, and he came back in, and this time is when he came back in and he had the gun. He had put on the coat um, and he had put the gun because they said he reached behind him when he pulled out the gun, like in his pants, uh, which I guess is the reason why he had put on the coat. Mm -hmm. How long do they say that by the video, how long does it show that he was actually in the dock from when he first arrived to like the whole time frame he was at the warehouse? They did not tell me that, but given the um, the time the time that they had him on the video, uh, because they would only say, you know, well, we have the the two point four minute uh, video of him on it. We have the four point something minute video on him, um, and like I said, a lot of it. Um, I, I am at this point, I have hired an attorney, um, which is, you know, another expense, but it's sad that I have to hire an attorney to pull all this information. Um, my attorney has sent them a letter, uh, requesting the videos if the, uh, if Timothy Saunders was on duty or off duty, um, how he was clocked into the system. Joanne, uh -huh. I got a question for you. Was So Timothy Saunders, he was a retired cop. Was he retired from that particular area? Was he an actual cop in Memphis? And no, this is really where no, the cover-up... No, he was not. Okay. He was um, in uh, Clarksdale up by... Uh, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I know that's it, sure. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of ironic because our youngest son um, was in the military. He now lives in San Antonio, but he was part of the 101st Airborne Division. Um, 
So he lived in that area for over eight years. His wife and his son was right there in that same town when he had to go to Afghanistan. Um, so it's it's kind of ironic. But I'll tell you something else that to me is odd. Um, I, I belong to um, a group of... Um, parents of um, deceased children. They said, um, they tried to, in my opinion, they tried to make Timothy Saunders out to be a saint. Why? I don't know. Uh, my son had not been in trouble with the law. My son didn't do drugs. He didn't even drink alcoholic beverages. He went to work. He came home. That's what he did. Um, he took care of his children, you know. But they kept emphasizing that he didn't have Timothy Saunders. Well, he's never had a police record. Uh, Timothy Saunders had never um, had any kind of disciplinary the whole time he was on the police force. Um, so in in my eyes, and of course, maybe I'm the only one that sees it that way because he was my son. Um, they, they were trying to make Timothy Saunders sound like this saint, you know? But then when they had first found out that he was a police officer and they went to the chief of police where he was an officer. The chief of police just kind of grinned because one of the reporters says, you know, well, he's not showing any, we can't find any record on Timothy Saunders. You know, we can't find anything on him. And the officer just, the, the chief of police just kind of grins and shakes his head and says, well, you know, everybody has a record. Okay. In my group, you know, I have to give the okay to let people, I have to say, you have my permission to research Tommy Hartman's name and you could see what happened to my son. Um, and there was actually a couple that unfortunately lost their daughter, but they were from there. And the man replied, and he said, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. I was born, raised, and still live here, and that particular officer has always had a huge chip on his shoulder. Hmm. So, so, the, so, the, so the, 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 chief didn't want to come out and say what was wrong with his officer because he was a retired officer and he didn't want to be involved in that but someone that was from that local area knew who that person was and said that he always did have an, an issue with having a behavior attitude or whatever you want to say that way right right and and i think that um like i said i i wasn't there god only knows if i was i would have took the bullet but, you know, they said that the way he carried himself, um, his demeanor, um, 
that you, they could kind of tell that he carried himself with kind of an attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the minute he entered the warehouse um, and was arguing with the employees, he kind of had that, we're going to do it my way. You know, and given statements that he made, like, I'm not getting that my truck out of that dock until it's unloaded. I'm, you know, don't tell me again, I need to remove my truck. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that, that kind of does say that he had the attitude that we're going to do it my way. An authority uh, where he felt like he was yes, better. The, the authority over everyone else. Um, the company that my son worked for, American Freight, um, they um, gave um, 10000 I guess their insurance covered 10000 toward my son's funeral expense. Um, but the Arco Trans, um, I, I, I'm still kind of disappointed in them, um, only because I believe in small America. You know, um, I love owner-operator companies, um, and it is actually an LLC company. They don't have a lot of trucks, like 16, but... I I never they never even called to say I'm sorry this happened well, or Joanne what was the name of the trucking company he was driving for Arco Trans Arco A-R-C-O, Arco Trans A R K O A R K where are they out of do you know uh, Bowling Green Kentucky so they're out of Bowling Green Kentucky and so it was a furniture furniture warehouse so obviously he was pulling a dry box right he wasn't pulling a reefer or anything like that. Arco, right. Arco Trans, right. and you said they never called or sent you a letter of remorse or anything like that. Nothing like that. They didn't pay their respects at all. No, I I okay. never heard from them. Oh. Like I said, to me, it it was just a little disappointing because it is an LLC. It is supposed to be a smaller family-run company. Um. And I would have reached out had it been reversed, you know. Um, well, maybe they thought you didn't want to hear. You know what I mean? They might have actually thought, well, she might not want to hear from us because we were employing him. You know, maybe maybe they were afraid to, you know. You never know in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. You're probably right about that. I don't know. I was just saying, but I mean, how could I, uh, you know, how could I think badly of them? I mean, like I said, they... You know, they couldn't find a record on him anywhere. Why would you not hire? Of course, you're getting a 28-year cop. Think You're thinking, oh, this guy's got his head on good, you know. Little did they know he was a time bomb ticking. Because that's basically what it sounds like. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think sometimes that um, the stress... Of the job, some people, in my opinion, just aren't cut out for it. Um, and like I said, my husband's been driving many, many more years than I have. And I know one day we were in Albuquerque and getting fuel. 
And I, that's when, you know, we were running OTR Phoenix and Phoenix and Memphis and back, um, running, uh, Federal Express. And, um, I was at the pump and for some unknown reason, my card wasn't working, you know, at the, to pay there. So I, I went to go in to pay and the truck driver behind me just laid on his horn. So I'm thinking, oh, something, you know, something must be wrong. And so I was going to go explain to him that the card worker wasn't taking my card, so I was going to have to go inside. And as I walked up to the door, he immediately just started going, this is not a time for you to take a pee break. You need to get that gas in your truck and move it. And I mean, he literally just started going off. And I was like, chill out, guy. I'm trying to explain something to you. But I had to walk away. Um, that sometimes and, that's the better person is walking away. Right, right. Well... I started pumping my gas, and unfortunately, he made the foolish mistake of getting out of his truck and wanted to continue yelling at me. Well, it was so loud that he had woke my husband up. And like I said, my, my husband, he's six foot one. He weighs 165 pounds, and it's basically all muscle. And my, so my husband gets out of the truck, and... This guy, he said, do you have something else you want to say to my wife? And the guy instantly takes off and runs back to his truck. Mm-hmm. And this was an older guy, you know. So I think, you know, and I just told my husband, I said, ignore it. He's just have just get back in the truck. He's having a bad day, evidently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes... That is a lot of the problem, you know, and sad to say, I have at different times seen different news things where truck drivers are having road rage against each other. It's a shame. And it's not, in my opinion, a lot of the times things that happen, we're giving ourselves a bad name. Or having people view us in in a bad way. Um, because once again, like I said, the media to me, in my opinion, likes to focus on that. And I used to always side with the you know, with the media and stuff. No, I don't really think it's because it was a truck driver. I I think it's because they just want to get the story out there. Um, and it, it's a story and it's worth hearing about. But then like I said, as long as Timothy Saunders was a truck driver, it was everywhere. The minute they found out he was a cop, oh, let's bury this. You know, it, it needs to go away. So I can kind of see where um, the media and the news likes to pick up stuff about truck drivers um, and put it out there. And I think most of us are really good people. Um uh, most of us, uh, no, I I don't drive no more. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, you know. Um, they say that it's it's a form of 
PTSD that eventually will go away, but I've been back in the truck five times since that happened. I lay back there in the sleeper, and I'm really of no use. I try to sleep. Uh, I can't sleep. It's in my mind. I have three other children. What if something happens to my children? What if something happens to my grandkids? I need to be at home so I can watch TV in case something happens so I know about it. Yeah. You know, because now I know you cannot depend to be notified the way you should be. Um, if you're out on the road, you know, why would it take seven hours for me to find out my son had been murdered? And then for it to, to be by... Joanne, your phone's cutting out. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. You weren't no. talking into it. Thank you. Oh. Um, and then why would it not be by the police? You know, um, why would I have to hear about it? Well, you know, they say they have a lot going on. You know, they... They arrested him. They had to get his statements, which they said he made a full confession. Um, you know, but now I have an issue with, and it really bothers me, and it makes me feel sorry for every truck driver out there. You know, if something bad happens, an emergency that involves your family members, how long is it going to be before they decide to notify you? I would say that's the police. That's That was their issue there, whoever was there at Memphis at the police department. Yeah, that's, it's depending on, you're right, Ruth, and it's depending on who you're dealing with. You know, it could be somebody that cares or somebody that doesn't care, you know, and is taking you. Go ahead, Ruth. Well, I think also they have to go through um, some of their investigation a little bit before they can, you know, they want to get as much information that they can. So they don't call right away to anybody, which, you know, that, that hurts you because, you know, you're wanting to know that, yeah. you know, that what happened, but you know, it just, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. And then when they make the, you know, they need to make somebody be the bad guy and to make everybody feel better about the whole group of things. So unfortunately, when that happens, then you have incidences like yours where, you know, your son was made to be more the bad guy than the cop was. Well, the cop's the one that, you know, not the cop, but the truck driver was the one that did the, you know, did all the aggression and did all the damage to begin with. He should be, no matter what, he shouldn't be. Yeah. He, he's not the victim. Yeah. So, well, Joanne, we, we sure hope that, you know, your life gets better. We, I know that I've never suffered a loss like you did. Uh, Ruth Ann hasn't either. We, uh. We couldn't, we can't really say we understand how you feel. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, when you lose somebody like that, you don't get used to it. It's just a weight that you carry around that you get more used to carrying, but it's always going to be there. So I wish I could give you words of comfort. The, uh, uh, pray, pray, always pray. Absolutely. Good advice for then. Um, you, you, we hope somewhere, some way, somehow you and your husband can get comfort and, 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 you know, and his two children and you, and his children. We, 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 you know, our hopes and prayers are for them also. Do you, uh, we actually are uh, over on our time here. Do you have any advice 
that you'd like to give warehouse workers and truck drivers that are listening to the show? Do you have any advice, some quick advice that, you know, uh, to those people, especially when they get into situations where there's uh, uh, anger involved? Well, I think the important thing, and if I can use my son as an example here, I will. Um, He was the type when he went to school, he would try to break up fights. Use common sense. Don't, like I said, you can catch more bees with honey. Try to, I've been aggravated. I've sat at docks for five hours. Find something to do. Watch Watch a show on your phone. Listen to one of y'all's podcasts. Um, do something to take your mind. Don't sit there and think and just keep thinking. I'm sitting here not making no money. Find something else to do with your time. Don't keep it in the negative. Try to try to take it to the positive. Some great advice. Yeah. All right. Well, Joanne, uh, we sure appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story with Talk CDL and all our viewers. We... Uh, uh, again, uh, have nothing but appreciation for you. And, and we really want to get this story out and let everybody know what did go on and what transpired back in early 2019 with your son. And say your son's name for us. His name is Tom? Thomas Hartman. Thomas Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-E-N or M-A-N? M-A-N. Thomas Hartman. And uh, in memory of him, this show, Ruth, and we can do that for and. Well, thank you all so much. Okay. Well, and Ruth Ann? Yes, what? ma'am. I haven't got to listen to the podcast, obviously. So what was the word for the day? The word for today, believe it or not, nirvana was what I got this morning. What, what, what does it mean? <laughs> nirvana is is a peaceful, it, It's. I'll, I'll give you the exact, it's a state of perfect bliss and peace is what nirvana is, and that was my word of the day that I got at 8.45 this morning. Wow. Well, I wish nirvana for every truck driver and warehouse worker out there. You got it. All right. (laughs) Thank you, guys. You have a very, very blessed day. You too, sweetheart. Thank Thank you you again. Peace. Uh Ruthann, do you have any advice before we wrap this show up? Honestly... You you cannot sit there and think that you're having the worst day ever and that no one else in the world can have a bad day. If you're that aggravated over what your day is going, what's happening, think of you always have to think before you act, but truthfully, you really do. Like Joanne said, go for a walk. Do something to get yourself away from that situation and think a little bit more clearly about what's going on because it could really... it. it, it can mean your life. It can mean it in either you being in jail or it can mean you being harmed and dead. I mean, there's so much consequences that can happen on that. So that's what I would say is take a breath and, and try and clear your mind a little bit to think exactly what's going on. And you know, my advice about the same, you know, you really, uh, my old preacher used to say, you got to get up every morning and intend and be prepared to do good. And, you know, you've got to get your mind all ready for the day and expect this stuff, truck drivers. Um, you know, uh, you know, we talk to truckers uh, more than we talk to anybody. So, you know, I would, if I was a truck driver listening to this show and you're hearing what just happened to Thomas Hartman and, and the Timothy Saunders incident uh, at a warehouse, I'm sure some of you guys out there are saying, wow, I've had 
arguments where something could have happened. And you know, it's the same with if you cut somebody off on the road or, or and they give you the finger and next thing you know, there's road rage and somebody pulls out a gun. There's This stuff escalates every day in this country. Don't become a statistic. It Just like a, in the blink of an eye, somebody could have a gun in your face. And it's unfortunate that a man lost his life over the fact that Two men, because the police officer, the the cop is in jail for the rest of his life. You don't know what's going to happen in there. Well, I got to tell you, that sentence that he was given, I like that sentence better than if it was 25 years to life, then all you got to do is half your your minimum, usually in most states. That means he would have been eligible for parole in 12 and a half years. Now, if if the sentence sticks, he's got to do all the entire 25 years, which means he's almost 80 years old when he gets out. Mm -hmm. So... Um, again, be prepared to be good and just know going into it anymore. You guys got to know you are not going to keep, I was a Rammy trucker with I would try to get the freight off early and I'd go in and almost get in arguments with people. Oh, come on. Is there any way I can get it off? Is there any way I can get off? And then if they, they didn't call me within a half hour, I was walking back in there. Anyways, I would just be careful the way you handle each other and you warehouse people. I would do the same. You know, it's we're all working together and, you know, we understand you guys have a job to do. Okay. And we got to actually start trying to understanding each other. And Mm -hmm. it really, it'll probably create more patience and better working environment. If you, if you, if you go and when you walk into the dock and, and you already see that there's a buzz going on in there because of something going on, if you just think, okay, they're having a bad day, what can I do to help make it better instead of what can I do to make it worse? And if you're, if, if you honestly, if, if you can pray before you even walk in there and say, Hey, this is going to be a, a, a um, um, running later. I'm running early, whatever you can do. But if you are having a bad day, pray, it's the better way to end up. Wow. What a, what a episode we just went through. That was uh, some pretty serious stuff. It was. You were crying. I did. You had tears in your eyes when she was telling that story. It was, it was heart wrenching. I know. It was like amazing and uh, very emotional. I guess, you know, you have a couple sons, our sons. I guess, if, you know, you lost one in that manner. Is that what you were doing, picturing that or not? No, just the empathy also that you would feel towards someone that did lose their child. I mean, we've had deaths of children in our family alone, but, you know, we've gone underneath the same stress she has when our children would go overseas because of them being in the military on what's going on with them. Are they safe? Um, were they injured? You know, we have a lot of those same incidences that we had gone through too. So it could, it's something that I could feel very in touch with. Well, I, uh, I felt really bad myself. You know, it's, it was a senseless, I, what always, uh, gets me uh, in any incident is when the death is senseless you know what i mean when it it could have been prevented something stupid or something weird you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you know you hear of weird deaths and you're going wow how you know how of of the odds of that happening what how did it happen you know Mm -hmm. when you think about it like i said this is an ongoing uh, problem in the trucking industry with you know people trying to get loaded and unloaded warehouse workers trying to get people loaded and unloaded it's like a melting, like a boiling pot. And thank God it doesn't happen often where it, it ends like that. Yeah, you don't hear too many incidences where there was, where a driver went postal. Yeah, so. All right, well, hey, let's wrap it up. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.